Welcome to the Fashion Lab um, show. My name is Liz Ogumbo Regisford, and on today's show, we're going to be having a very interesting exclusive with our special guest who's in studio with us, looking fabulous Thank in you. her interesting hair and <laughs> great energy. This is uh, an exclusive with Farai um, Simoy. Now, on this show, we obviously focus on different subject matters, highlighting the way forward when it comes to the way that we do business, specifically within the continent or the diaspora. We want to definitely get ahead. We want to smile to the bank a bit more. And obviously, uh, brand building is one of the key things that I also felt, um, you know, as I look at our special guest and look at her journey, I feel like one of those uh, focuses we're going to be really um, taking to heart today is really around how we actually build our fashion brands and progress. I want to definitely, if we can, I would love to share uh, a bit more about brand building, maybe three or four times a year, because I've realized that we live in such a fast-paced world. Everything's changing so quick. You want to kind of just keep up on your heels, you know, on your toes. But at the end of the day, if you don't keep up, then we can't really get to where we're going to. Now, we're also joined on the show by Morag Stein, who's uh, going to be glamming up the show with her glam up for a dose of makeup and beauty tips. Welcome to the show, Morag. Thank you so much. Uh, what are you wearing and what's inspiring the look? Well, um, I have purple hair. <laughs> <laughs> It was a little um, like an experiment I've been doing at home, a very messy situation, but I, I'm, I'm actually loving it. Um, and just um, keeping it really simple today, I'm wearing a lot of textures today, some suede, leather, nice denim, and then... Tassels. Um, yeah, tassels, my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> this is the tassel queen right here, for those who don't know. And your lips look a bit dry. <laughs> Can I get you some Carmex? <laughs> so, yeah, the lips are dry due to a situation. <laughs> You know what? She actually asked me for Carmex. <laughs> and I'm sure she was going to do something fabulous over the Carmex. But <laughs> so funny. Um, yeah, so I actually had um, a procedure done today. I'm not going to mention what it is because we're going to talk about it at a later stage. But mm. that's why my lips are so dry. Um, and I'm just keeping it really neutral today. You know, I wear a color on my lips every day that mm-hmm. I feel they're just some days where you actually just want to be, you know? Right. Hmm. Yeah. We're also going to be joined on the show by Bianca Kuyabi, who will be bringing us that fashion alert. We want to get a fashion um, news dose from her just to know what's going on across the continent or across the diaspora. And then last but not least, we also have our New York contributor, Edgy Benson, who will be joining us with Echoes from New York later on the show. Now, just a quick reminder before we continue, I've got my favorite segment called Who Would You Want to Dress and Why? And I want you to start thinking about it. We had so much fun on this Gosh, last week was so good. If you didn't listen to the show, you need to download the podcast. And even if you want to just fast forward it all the way to the end, you really need to listen to who we wanted to dress last week and why. Um, we'd love to share with you. We'd love to hear who you want to dress and why. So don't forget to join in. Um, share it on Fashion Lab AF on Twitter, or you can insta us at Fashion Lab Africa. But that is our last segment. It's kind of like our glass of wine at the end of the show. <laughs> now keep your tweets coming. We're at Fashion Lab AF. Share with us your thoughts of some of the tips around how we can actually push our fashion brands forward to the next level. Moving straight into our special guest on the show, allow me to introduce this London-born, Zimbabwean-raised 
American based geez, I need to sing a song. <laughs> fashion designer to fashion exec. Um she's a global leader who um, um exemplifies the business of international fashion and development. She's been honored on the pages of Forbes, featured by the likes of Essence and Time Out as next best designer. Uh this Madame's purpose is creating global fashion houses and developing emerging fashion designers. Welcome to the show, Farai. Thank you so much, Liz. Thank you for having me. <laughs> now, before we even go further, I already gave away what, what you were looking at. I just right. kind of gave away some hints. <laughs> what are you wearing and what's inspiring so, the look? Today? Actually, I have this really colorful scarf. It's been sort of my savior this whole entire trip. <laughs> because in New York, it's super hot right now. So I don't know why I came here thinking I was going to be wearing sundresses and looking cute. <laughs> so I, this, this has literally saved my life. And then I'm wearing this really cool denim jacket. Um, this is actually a denim jacket that I helped design when I was working for Robert Rodriguez, um, one of these high-end designers based in New York. And then just sort of like layered with like a button-down, a jacket, I've got some shoes on. I've got the blonde going on in my hair. So a little bit of everything. I must just say, I absolutely <laughs> love your hair. <laughs> Thank like, you. I'm so dying much. right now. The color, the style, it's amazing. Thank absolutely you. Stunning. This Thank is you. so, it's the wild, the, yeah. the wild in you. The wild, exactly. I, I wonder if I'm going to be able to bring it all out. But you know what? <laughs> Welcome to the show and congratulations of your over 10 years of experience in the game, really pushing um, buttons and really shaking and moving um, and this not very easy industry, as we all know. Thank you. Now, I want to start the conversation from the beginning. Mm -hmm. You've grown up uh, going through different spaces. Like I said, when I introduced you, I felt like I was about to drop a rhyme. I mean, it was London-born, Zimbabwean-based, American. No, London-born, Zimbabwean-raised, right. American-based. Right. Let's talk about, you know, with your experience through different cultures as you move around. Right. You go around different parts of the world. Obviously, you're now based in New York. What role did that play in being, um, you know, just you as an, as a, as a, as Farai Simoy? And how would you say it has actually shaped you into the Farai that you are today? I think I'm really fortunate enough to have lived at a lot of places and visited a lot of places because that's what globalization and being a global brand is all about. It's hard to to portray a vision if you only have one vision of the world. I'm not saying that everybody has to travel to become a global brand, but you have to be able to sort of expand your mindset and be open to different people in different cultures. And I've just been fortunate enough to live at a, at a lot of different places. So I do feel, and even, you know, living in West Virginia, which is a small town, place. So I've always been inspired by locality and, and building things close to home. So I think a little bit of that always has literally just shaped who I am and allowed me to think on a more visual global scale. It's beautiful. Yeah. Now, do you, before we move further, do you feel like you can relate when you go to um, Zimbabwe? Do you feel like you can relate to the Zimbabweans? Absolutely. When you go to, do you, which, which place out of all these places do you call home? I call Zim. Zimbabwe is my home. It's so weird because I'm like, even though I live in New York, I've always been drawn back, always been, been drawn back to Zim and especially South Africa. I love South Africa. This is like one of my favorite places. And I know this sounds sort of dorky and geeky, but every time I go to Zim and I land in that airport, like I cry. And every time I leave, I cry because I feel like, I'm coming and then I'm leaving and I'm always feeling like I'm leaving a piece of me there. Mm -hmm. 
you know? So it's very, very emotional for me every single time I go. So, yeah, I cried at the airport when I was coming back to South <laughs> Africa from there. So, wow. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So now, with over 10 years of experience designing, consulting in the industry, you've played a major role in building other fashion brands right. besides your own. I want to talk about some of the global fashion houses you've created while concurrently developing you you as Farai, the brand, uh, the fashion brand, the right. Farai fashion brand. So I started my career working for a company called Threads for Thought, which um, based its whole vision on being an ethical and sustainable brand. So they used a lot of like organic fabrics. And from that position, I was able to start working for Darion, which is Beyonce's clothing line, and worked closely with her mom. And um, throughout that, just, you know, the, when I first started working with Beyonce, right, it was right after she had left Destiny's Child. So she was creating this businesswoman. You know, it was more than just the music. It was creating a global fashion scale. So I think working with that brand such an early stage allowed me to realize that we have to have an overall idea of what of exactly what kind of brands we want to build. So that's really the brand that shaped um, me wanting to build global fashion houses and fashion businesses. Um, and then from there, I worked with a lo lot of other brands that sort of dealt more on the manufacturing side. So we were working with companies that would do private label for companies like Walmart, Kmart, and we really worked on pushing large units, so like multi-million dollar units. And then from there, um, did a few uh, projects with Rockerware, Jay-Z's line, and then most recently, the Nicki Minaj collection. Wow. Wow. <laughs> like here I am sitting here and looking. You know what I want to do? Let's talk about your collection. Right. Now, I know that we run, we, we didn't run into each other, but for some reason, I can't believe that we showed on the same platform in New York in 2013. Yes, we did. And without even getting a chance to connect or right. say hello or to, oh, I like your hair. Yeah. Not, not, <laughs> nah, right. None of that. Right. So I want to talk about, and I, I, I'm going to just move there and then we'll go back to um, this different brands that you've actually touched or worked with. Right. Right. Now, the power of connection. I feel like um, sometimes we miss out on great connections while we're still running. Sometimes what we're chasing is literally right in front of us. Right. Um, we missed each other, but obviously I also still believe that what is yours will come back to you. Absolutely. And on that networking note, what I want to talk about is in your experiences so far, how vital is that role when you say you're networking? I mean, how, how vital is the role of networking playing in your fashion business or your fashion space up to date? What I've noticed is that even though, you know, you're now in South Africa, I'm in New York, we are so connected. Like the fashion industry on a large scale is so connected. Everybody knows ev everyone, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like you burn a bridge with one person. <laughs> it's like you literally <laughs> burn a bridge with the whole Sorry. entire industry. And, you know, we've, we've definitely talked a lot about that. And for me, networking and building is super important, especially amongst us women, because, mm -hmm. you know, we already have so many things against us. And so we have to stick together. We have to support each other and, and connect with each other. So yeah, it's like you build, you burn one bridge and it's like you've literally, that thing is down. That thing is not going to be built back up. You might as well just come back, change your name, like change your hair, put on a wig. And move to Kitumbuktu. Exactly. Literally. So. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful. But um, obviously, as we speak and as we continue to dissect the business behind fashion, because that's what we do on this show, is to be able to also sensitize brands that are building, especially within the continent, and say, you know, these are some 
of the things that we need to really pay attention to. And that's why the networking um, thing came up for me. Now, if, for example, you went into an island and you had one social media platform to run with, <laughs> which, which one would you run with? Because you, you only have one choice. Right. Which one would you run with that you would actually say is the best platform when it comes to your fashion business um, and not just your business as Farai, the fashion brand, but bigger than and beyond. You right. know, what? where do you feel you network best when it comes to connecting with business minds that really have got you to the next level? I think Instagram, for me, <laughs> is number one because with fashion and with design, it's visual and we're storytelling. And you can't, I mean, you can tell stories through words, but I think with design, people want to mm. see stories through images and through pictures. And you can... Tell, say a thousand words mm. with one image. Mm. So I believe Instagram for me is my go-to choice of social media platform. And for those yeah. who are tuned in, please do not bring your pixelated pictures on there because <laughs> back to what we are saying is, you know, if you're telling a story through that one image, it has to be so... Se- I mean, it has to be... And that's why for me, when I look at um, even just again back to how we build our brands um, as fashion designers and, and just throughout the value chain is... Whatever it is that you put up is is really a reflection of, of who you are. Absolutely. Especially it, if you are creating a design <laughs> brand. Like, please, please. And, and, like, don't, and it extends back to bad photo shoots. Yes. It extends back to, oh, well, I don't have a budget. And then you've gone and got like uh, Chico or whoever it is right. down the street. And then you've got like the bootleg thing going. Right. And then you've got the whole, we're naturals. No, 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 no. I think you need to really invest in... Um, and I think people who are listening right now need to really invest in making sure you've got a good photographer, you've exactly. got a good um, concept behind whatever collection you want to tell the story of. Because at the end of the day, like Farai is breaking it down, is you've got one minute and one pop. That exactly. thing pops up exactly. and it's <laughs> yeah. a like or no like right. or who the hell is this? Or, oh right. my gosh, what, what just happened? But um, I also think um, that we are not, personally, I'm not a very... Um, I'm a bit of an introvert mm-hmm. to some extent. And I've realized that I don't go out to events. I hate events. That's right. like, if I'm not performing or if I'm not showing, I just really don't want to go. But I've also realized, and the reason I speak about this openly is that, you know, as we continue to build brands, um, some of the questions I have to ask myself is, am I staying behind too much? Or, oh my, <laughs> or am I, yeah. that, you know, sometimes you think you're being right. cool, not cool, but I really don't want to be around people i don't want energy stealers rolling with me and stealing my energy you know so i've got i really conserve my space and i'm very serious but at the end of the day i still think there's got to be a balance absolutely i mean you can conserve your space i think it's important to always you know step away from um social media but the thing is nowadays people want to know the person behind the brand like we want to know your story who are you where do you come from where did you get the inspiration to create this brand? And I feel like now you're starting to see that a lot of people that own these brands are now like they have their own Instagram page and they're mm. just creating, you know, a, a, a place for themselves. So I think we now in this age, we can't be too far back. It's like we need to be present <laughs> because you're if you're creating an amazing brand, that means you're amazing, too. Mm. That means you're special. So share your story because you never know who's at home and that has a similar story to yours and you've inspired them. So as entrepreneurs, we have to be 
out and networking. We're gonna when you come to see me in New York, we're gonna go out. We're gonna network. So selfies. There, yeah, selfies. Oh, there will be no Shoot energy stealers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we're gonna stay and keep it positive. Yes. Yeah, so when you come and see me, we're you definitely know, gonna. It's so um, true that what, what you say is that people want to see the person behind yeah. and we, we need to inspire people because, you know, at the end of the day, someone will look at you and be like, oh, my God, I want to be like her. Mm-hmm. And they sort of don't feel that they can be that. But at the end of the day, you are just a normal person doing what you love. Exactly. So it's awesome to inspire people that way. You know what? Another thing that bothers me again, talking like as an African child who was brought up in Kenya for longer and then obviously I went out to experience the world but I just know that one of my other uh you know when I go through social the reason I have a hate and love hate but more of hate <laughs> relationship with social media is so you are the brand for right mm-hmm. how many pictures of yourself do you put up um if how many posts tell me first I just want to and I'm not judging you I'm just right. <laughs> trying to see something here how many pictures do you post per day averagely on a good day so honestly I post once a day but what I do is I post to Instagram and then it automatically goes to my Facebook and my Twitter and whatever else. <laughs> so it all has to be automated. But it's no, one no. a day. It's one a day. And how many, out of a week, how many pictures do you have that you post of you? Hi. Oh, you're just Good day. putting me on blast. <laughs> I'll be honest. I could be better. We could all be better. But I notice when I post pictures of myself, people are Look, like, yeah. 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 Yes, honey. Fabulous. What are you wearing? You know, so I'm telling you. And and you know what's funny that I've noticed about a lot of um, brands is they'll strategically do it where they'll post about a lot of different things. But every fourth post is a post of the founder because you have to keep it fresh, keep it going. So, yeah. I, I, I could definitely do a little better. I could on that. do a little, I don't know. Morag's trying. I can see Morag's really pushing. You've got a bit more of, no, I mean, well, I think you kind of have a balance, but I'm just mm-hmm. saying it's something that I find is, you know, so when I grew up, my parents said, do not be vain like Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So growing up and up to now, I still find that it actually affects me because I, I want to, say here is what we are doing but then I also realized that on the one day when I have my bow let me put that Liz Pow there right? yeah 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 and I'm like oh wow exactly. but anyway I want to move into a different um conversation still around as we talk about Farai Simoy as we talk about brand building and how we want to move ahead and what we are doing and some of the work you've been doing now obviously a lot of designers are strictly focused on no other brand but their brand Whereas you have found a way to hustle it. So it's in between your brand and the other brands and you're still working and you're still working your brand and still Nicki Minaj and still Beyonce's and still whoever else's. How do you find a way to balance this without your soul? Because, you know, stories and creativity is from the soul. Absolutely. If I'm to sit down and create something for Liz, I'll create it from my soul. It's the truth, like the truth from the inside out. If I was to create something else for Morag, it will still have my, you know, sort of, so it's kind of like my signatures walking around. Right. How do you make it so, I don't know, how do you balance it? Well, I've always said that um, being versatile is very important. And I strategically wanted to go work for a lot of different brands because I knew that I would be able to get experience because every single brand that I've worked with has been different and they've taught me so much. And I feel like 
you know, um, I think there's a book. Um, I forget the author, but it's like to become a professional, you have to put 10,000 hours into becoming a professional. So I felt like I needed to put in my 10,000 hours with all of these brands before I can come and create my brand and have the proper vision for mm-hmm. it. But for me, whenever I'm I'm set to work on a project like the Nicki Minaj project, I'm I'm focused. I like to keep things focused and I'm there to do that job. And then I literally like take that veil off and then I go home and then create my brand. So I've been able to separate my my concepts and, and my mm-hmm. creative directions because I've allowed myself to be versatile and work with so many different brands. So it's just about perfecting. I, I, I mean, when I started, I wasn't perfect. I'm still not perfect, but I just continue to build and I continue to add hours to becoming a professional brand builder and designer. And you, you're telling me that nothing is sometimes you don't just, you don't start designing your stuff and then somehow the yellow scarf is <laughs> sitting on the other. You know, it's just real talk. I no, mean, like, it's, no, it's very cause, true. Cause it's you still it's at the very, end of the day. Absolutely. And that's the great thing about working in teams. Mm. Cause usually if I'm creative directing, then I have a designer with me. Or if I'm the designer, there's a creative director and the creative director's position is to pull you back so i can create an entire collection and then my creative director will be like okay farai this is looking a little too bohemian and less like the brand we're (laughs) focusing on so it's always important you know you can't go into things alone but it's always important to always have somebody that will pull you you know in pull you out and that's sort of how i've worked it's yeah. so funny you say that. You know, they're like, boho, boho. Right. That was not the brief. <laughs> right. So now I want to talk about the production processes because I still feel like that's another thing that we have going differently. So when I'm going to talk about, I'll put me as Africa because we do what we do here. So when it comes to brand brands produced in Africa, and then obviously the brands that you're producing, first of all, where do you produce? Where do you produce the Farai brand and where do you produce... Uh, say, for example, now that you're a senior um, designer at Nicki, for Nicki Minaj's collection, where do you, the, does the production happen for her collection? Do you kind of find ways where you realize, wow, this is a better, a better deal. Let me pull my stuff in here. Right. Um, so um, creating and producing my brand, Farai, we produce in the heart of the New York City Garment District. Um, I love working with um, local manufacturers because I get to literally walk into that space and work with the owners directly. I know exactly where my money is going into, and that's the whole concept of my brand being sustainable. Now, for all of these other major brands that I work for, they're not sustainable brands. They're not ethical brands. I do work for them, but you know, it's just the name of the game. And a lot of them do production in China and in India. Um, um, they're able to do that because they have larger units. Um, they they need, they have a certain amount of time that they need to push product to get into a major department store. So that's what works for them. So unfortunately, maybe some of these brands would love to be ethical and sustainable, but for them to produce in New York City, it's just not, it's not enough manpower for them. So it's not going to make business sense. Exactly. So uh, another thing I want to talk about is um, when it comes to coast, obviously, the coasting and um, being able to produce a collection. And this is something we're going to talk about with you because I don't know what the numbers are. I don't know what it is. So when you produce a collection, for example, if that was one of your scarves, what right. you're wearing now, how many, qu- like quantity wise, how do you work? Do you sit down and just say, you know what, I've already got about 10 stockists within the U.S. market who would order X amount from me, or I've been looking forward to stocking at uh, Saks Fifth, or I want to just, how do you do it? Do you blindly do it and say, I'm trusting and just produce like what, a hundred of those? Or do you go into like the a thousand um, sort of, like what are your quantities averagely? 
and how what are your timelines how does that work and i'm asking you this because it's interesting to understand how uh production is happening for different brands across the you know not just the continent but across the world so we can also look and say if i was to for example produce my pieces there how how would what would be the smartest way to go and because of your experience and because of working with different brands and because of still producing your um collection for years and year collections for years and years how do you do it? How do you decide what numbers? And- so most brands will do, I wouldn't say blindly, but it's projections. So you're projecting for that season and for that time period. And let's say um, you're in your second season. Um, we won't use first season designers, but you're in your second season of your, of your brand. And you realize, okay, these dresses sold really well last year. You're going to always look at your last year's projections. And then from those projections, sometimes you double it and you see how well that product did. So it's usually projecting from the season before. Um, for me, in my case, since we are an ethical brand and we are, we only work with upcycled fabrics. So upcycled and dead stock fabrics are fabrics that we take from, um, designers from past seasons that weren't able to sell. So that automatically reduces the amount of quantity that we can make, which is better for us. So if I can only get, you know, 50 yards of a fabric that's available, then I'm only able to make up to 20 pieces per item, which I love better because then it reduces us having overload of stock. And I think that that's a, a major problem that a lot of um, startup designers have is that they'll make large projections for their first season and end up with like overstock. And then you end up seeing that on sales racks and, you know, so it can really make a, a brand um, go down pretty fast. So I would say if you're a first season designer, start small, work with a local manufacturer, even make five pieces, 10 mm. pieces. Nobody's asking you to to create this massive house and you have to start somewhere the Ralph Lauren's you know they started they he was making ties and he started small doing one at a time so mm. don't feel like you have to 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 be this <laughs> to be on a thousand units no exactly when you don't have, when you don't know where to take them to exactly hmm. yeah it's very interesting um i have to say obviously that i also um appreciate the time that we're having with you because i feel like one of the reasons you're so easy to engage with is because of your humility and i say this um you know we live in a world again with so much hype 80 percent of i call them celebrities are literally <laughs> famous out of being famous because right. i don't even know what they do and we all know they're walking with this chip on their shoulder but that's another news for another day right the good news is that we're sitting with you you're very humble um and i say this because um working for brands like um Nicki minaj's um collection is a big deal it's not a small deal that is a big global um name um how is it or how do you um how do you stay so cool i mean you know what you know and it's funny because a lot of people are always like, yeah, how how was it to work with them? And sometimes I don't have time to sit and realize that, yes, I actually did work with them. It's because I was hired to do a job. So I'm there to, to work and I want to make my client and that person happy. And on top of it, um, you know, you're saying, how do I stay so cool? I'm just being myself. She's like, I'm just cool. I'm just, What's no, I don't know. No, what, you're just cool, right? <laughs> no, not even saying it like that. But it's okay. It's just, um, <laughs> I just feel comfortable just being me and being in my skin and being raw and being vulnerable. Like, I don't like to have walls up because I feel like putting up walls and trying to be this other person is too much energy for me. And I have to use my energy wisely because I'm busy. I have a lot of things to do. So it's like, love me or leave me, take me as I am. And I'm just going to be cool me. yeah <laughs> it's okay <laughs> for once it's okay to okay say okay cool. i'm cool Jeez. That's, it. that's okay now um i want to talk about your time 
Um, in a year, averagely, how do you, because obviously, again, um, it's about your output and how you divide your time from, uh, you know, from like a scale of 10. How do you decide to split up time to be able to know that I don't want to tech too much? Because obviously, when you tech too much, what happens to your brand? Because you are your brand, too. Right. How do you split it up? Do you have a sort of percentage that you work with and say this is going to be outside work within this area. I know that you're also working with empowering um, young uh, talent and also working within um, empowering women as well. You are here for the Lioness event. Right. We want to talk about that. Right. So all I'm trying to also listen now is just to pick your brain on how do you sit and say, this is the sort of scale um, a 20% is going to be this, that, that, and still have a life. I mean, you're a married woman, you're yes, a woman, you, you still got to take care of your hair. Look at the, <laughs> my hair. look at your hair, you know, and still got to look good and still got to still be around and still have friends and still be a sister and a daughter and still be everything else. How do you, what, what's your, what's your secret? The secret sauce? <laughs> I mean, it's hard. I will be honest. It's very hard to, to divide your time, but you have to make it work. You just have to figure it out. And basically, I've self-financed my brand and my work. So I've moved on to more so working on a per-project basis with a client or doing freelance jobs or just doing consulting. That way, I'm able to make my own schedule. And I can say, okay, you know, Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, I'm going to be working with this brand. And then that leaves Tuesdays and Thursdays for me to focus. So I think making a calendar and having like a scheduler that you can say, okay, for 30 minutes, it's I'm going to take care of my husband for these 30 minutes. And then, <laughs> you know, for like the next hour, I'm going to focus on emails that I need to respond to. And I think also it's not being afraid to ask for help. I think a lot of women, especially African women, and I'll use myself for an example, we are so afraid to ask, yes. to ha ask for help because we feel like it's a sign of weakness. Yes. But you are, you're only hurting yourself. By doing that. So ask for help. I have interns that work with me. I have an assistant that I hire on a per project basis because I know I can't do it alone. And if we're women that are building businesses and we have a vision, a vision that's bigger than ourselves, we need to bring people in. We need to have help and have people around us that support us. Back to connections. Um, ladies, I hope you're listening. The pulling of the nose, pull it back down. Let's be cool. Let's be uh, supportive of each other and, and our journeys and where we are going to. The networking is obviously very important. We're having this conversation with Farai Simoy speaking about uh, brand building specifically, but really this is an exclusive with her just to share what really goes on in her side of the world and how she's been able to get this far today. We're going to take a, right, a quick break, and we'll be right back. Four, tres, two, uno. Listen up, y'all, because this is it. The beat that I'm banging is delicious. Delicious definition, make them boys go loco. It's from my boat, so you can see me, you can't squeeze me. I ain't easy, I ain't sleazy. I got reasons why I tease them. Boys just come and go like seasons. Fergalicious. But I ain't promiscuous. And if you were suspicious, all that is fictitious. I blow kisses. That puts them boys on rock, rock. And they be lining down the block just to watch what I got. Rock. And they be lining down the block just to watch what what a guy. Go. Kick, 
to the L-I-C-I-O. Cliff Central. The revolution. I've got something important to tell you. Cliffcentral.com. Yeah, this is us here, holding it down on this exclusive with Farai Simoy. Um, just having a really good time, a good laugh, but also really, um, he, you know, hitting the nail on the head and just talking about um, where she's come from, where she's going, and what it's like to be in her shoes. But at the same time, I also hope that these um, exclusives can inspire um, or educate um, or elevate some of the um, brands that are coming up um, around and about um, just to help you with some tips or just help you understand uh, different journeys um, that we go through and different experiences that can actually, um, I think it's just about really helping develop the industry, really. So keep it locked. We are here. We hold it down here every Thursday, 1 to 2 Central Africa time. And we want to just roll over straight to Edgy Benson um, with his Echoes from New York. Edgy is uh, our contributor from New York who runs a fashion services company based in New York. He sells services to fashion designers and fashion houses such as Vera Wang, Chloe, Kate Spade, and for stores such as Harold Sachs, Colette, uh, Paris. And we'll also be pushing, um, I don't know if I should say it, but yes, I'm also um, about to launch my denim line with Woo! Edgy Benson. And uh, we're going to be doing that in, in, in New York in September. I don't want to talk about it. I want to kiss and tell. I want to go back straight to our interesting topic. Edgy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Liz. How are you guys? We're oh. good. <laughs> and you, Edgy. Welcome, Farai. Hi, thank you. Thank you. Edgy, before we go on, what are you wearing? And be creative. I am <laughs> going to be very creative. Um, because the truth will hurt. <laughs> I am wearing uh, a new diesel skinny. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your being creative? <laughs> okay, go on, go on. We don't wanna. We don't wanna. Okay, go on. And and what are you wearing on the top then? Yeah, go on. On top, and I'm being really creative. Uh, <laughs> no, on top, I'm just I'm just really simple. I'm wearing a small, unique little top. They, the t-shirts are cut just the way I want it, not too long, not too loose. I think you're um, now, now you're starting to show up, so I'm going to put you on pause there <laughs> and ask you to just um, um, just join us into this conversation. Um, I don't know if you've been uh, listening, but we've been speaking to Farai Simoi. We've been obviously speaking about her journey, um, specifically trying to also focus on just the brand and how she's built it, um, the fact that she's been able to concurrently build hers and work on other brands such as the Nicki Minaj collection and everything else that comes um, along. What are your thoughts or what are your echoes from New York today? Uh, I mean, I, I, I was just following up on, on Farai's work. Uh, actually, I have a, a thing for what she does because she's very minimalist. I like the essence of that line. Um, so it's, it's pretty interesting. Thank you. Uh, Glad yeah, you it's like really, it. <laughs> it's my first, the first time I've actually taken time to look at it over these few days. Um, and I, I like it. It's, it's, it's very essential. Thank right. you so much. It's probably not your style, but you know, for maybe somebody special in your life, you know, you can go on there and buy something. <laughs> No, it's, it's actually, you know, it's funny. It's what people can achieve, like that elegant simplicity. Mm-hmm. It's very challenging to, to achieve because designers are always wanting to go too far and too far. But the line is actually quite essential, very, 
it just goes where it needs to go. I like it. Great. Thank you. Now, Edgy, I want to um, bring up uh, the conversation around um, something that I feel we're not doing, and I'm not saying that uh, we need to do it as as, as fashion brands and fashion designers um, uh, uh, in Africa and you know along the diaspora uh, is how how to be able to build your brand and build other brands concurrently without really losing, you know? Because at the end of the day, th- we don't want you to start building other brands when you didn't even go halfway on your own. Um, and I love the fact that when we were speaking um, with Farai, she also mentioned um, basic um, sort of principles around just being able to do yours so well that you can actually take over others. So what's your thought on that? I know that we are so focused, especially in the continent. It's like, oh, my name's Liz. I've got a fashion brand and that's the end of my story and that's what I'm building and that's where it ends. And do not talk to me. Chloe, don't talk to me. Call Edgy. Hi. Yeah. Oh, Nikki. Nikki, call Farai. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Do you feel like Africa is ready? To no, be- I, I think whether it's... Go ahead, Edgy. No, I, I feel like, you know, it, whether you're building your own brand or building someone else, of course, your brand is the, the foundation. You know, it's, it's what you do on your brand to your brand that you can then extend to, to others. So, but I, I do think in terms of brand building, um, there are just a, a few components, you know. Um, we, we have to have the product, I mean, which is the ability to design it, develop it, and produce it. And then you have to have the promotional aspect of it, which is getting a lot easier to give you visibility, social media. I mean, now designers can self-broadcast, you know, and then there's the pricing, which makes the product accessible. You know, like, you know, if the pricing is right, then the customers will try, they'll buy it. But I think if, if, if you keep, if you put these components together for your line, it's very easy to extend those components to another line. Um, I don't think, for Africa, we do need to help. So we can't wait until we reach the pinnacle. We have to actually take people along with us as we go, you know. So that, that would be, that would be my take. But I think essentially you have to be very strong on your own, like know mm-hmm. the fundamentals you have to have in place to grow your line. Mm-hmm. And I really think to grow a line, it has to have interest. And for the line to have interest, it has to have a good product, a good design. Um, the design sometimes is not a big deal because design is subjective, but the product itself has to be really good mm. that when somebody feels it and touches it, they want to identify with it. And commercially and viable, some... obviously. Exactly. You know, the pricing, you know, and then promoting it right, making sure that you're using the, the social media in the best way that you can, whether it's Snapchat, Meerkat, Periscope, all these things that give the designer uh, you know, power over what happens to their brands in terms of visibility and then pricing it right. Because that is, without the right pricing, then it's not successful, it's not, it's not viable really. You know, I think if we get these components right for our own brands, we can take some people with us, definitely, mm. you know. Yeah. I, I just know for sure that one of the things that you're speaking that comes to my mind is the fact that I think that there's brands that are definitely very ready um, in the continent, but are still um, dealing with this production nightmares. I mean, there's a few challenges like production that just never stop. I don't know when, which year, I don't know which bell is going to ring and then they stop and so suddenly we're going to be delivered. But I feel like there's so many brands that we can say for sure are 
strong, are ready, are trading, but maybe not trading as much. Uh, that's just mm. another topic. I don't even want to let's. I don't even want to open up this topic too much. But I'm just saying that um, I have to really. Um, I'm proud of what Ferrari is doing because it's actually strength. And what people might think is uh, sort of a distraction or is sort of like, uh, why are you now moving to that? And where is yours? She's actually taken it and run with it in a different way where it doesn't mean your brand is dead. It's just business. And I think when we get in mm. business, um, we really need to. Uh, be able to develop sitting in and working on your brand for 10 years on that same brand and just coming up with different collections gets to a point where it's like where are you what else are you doing and where how do you how are you growing i also think that ferrari is obviously um in a position to um to just add so much more value to so many other brands that are coming up because of the fact that she has shown and proven that she can handle more than just hers. So she's got a business model of how she's able to play in the game. She's got more respect than just, uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't think for Ryan, I, I'm not even saying it. It's I'm not even being funny about it. I'm just thinking that if you were only building your brand, you would only be called a fashion designer. Right. Absolutely. And, and, and there's nothing much. We are so many of us, honey. Right. I mean, right. do you want me, do you want me to open up the, yeah, do you want me like to open up the box? Every, you make one dress and you're a fashion designer. Yeah. That's what I've noticed. Yeah. The market is so saturated. It's like, oh, you made a bow tie. Oh, you're a fashion designer. Oh, okay. No, but yeah. it's, it's, it's more than that. It's mm. building brands. And even if maybe you have one brand and you are a fashion designer, it's like, do something that allows you to be to be more like uplift someone, mm. bring someone with you, mm. get an intern to come join you, teach them how much mm. you've learned and and allow them to soar and to grow. So become a fashion designer, but be a motivator, be an inspiration, be something more than just what's in front of you. Mm. You know, and I, that's how I, you can get respect, I think. Mm. In, yeah, in I, I think I think in Africa, too, we have to learn that fashion design is it's a, it's an art, but also. We have to be businessmen mm. while we are mm. fashion designers. Mm. And like she, she's looking at it from a business perspective mm. and she's built a business model. I, I think fashion designers in Africa to survive. Actually, the thing is we, things are so difficult in Africa that we should actually be more in, in, innovative, more creative, but we're not thinking. We're not taking advantage of our difficulties. Mm. If we did, mm. then, you know, we could build a lot of models to promote our our work you know mm. um so i you know i think so long as african designers are willing to dabble a little bit in the business of their work mm. uh we could do very well mm. but until we do that then we need a lot more farais we need a lot more fashion labs you know to mm. to create incubations incubation programs to create internships um but uh, individually if we take a look at it from a business perspective we can actually begin to um, power ourselves. Thank you so much for your echoes um, from New York. Edgy, I want to roll over to Maura Stein, who is an internationally accredited beauty consultant. She's a makeup artist as well, and she's coming to us live and direct, you know, with that glamour thing. <laughs> Welcome, Maura. Thank you so much. So, as you all know, um, from the beginning of the show, I'm, I don't have anything on my lips today. My lips are feeling much better. I've been licking them throughout the show, because <laughs> Liz still hasn't given me I'm any bomb. going to pass the Carmex. <laughs> so, just to get straight into it, um, the lipstick cut of the week, all I can 
Beyonce's Candy Apple. Never before have makeup artists been so united in a shade as this season. Um, we're seeing it on the runways. We're seeing it in magazines. And it's just a simple classic apple red, really. Um, the texture to go for is a satin finish. Um, and that's about as true as it gets. The lipstick must be applied with utter precision and obviously using a lip liner um, together with your lipstick. We've seen this on runways with Jason Wu, DKNY, um, Oscar De La Renta. And then um, I've been getting a lot of um, questions on social media about what do I do with my skin and what do I do with my face? And for me, it's it's a really personal thing. It's like asking me what deodorant I wear or what underwear I wear. You know what I mean? It's really, it's a personal thing for me, you know? Um, and it's also really something um, for those who have known me a bit longer. Um, I have had a lot of skin issues. So for me, it's a, it's a very personal thing to share with someone. And yeah, here it goes. I'm going to share it for the first time ever. Um, so just for- <laughs> those are the African <laughs> drum roll. Um, so as far as um, my skin goes, um, I do have an amazing dermatologist. Um, his name is Dr. Navaj, and I can't thank him enough for everything that he's done for me. Um, but irrespective of everything and all the treatments I've had, um, his philosophy and my philosophy, as you all know, is home DIY and just keeping it simple. You don't need to spend 10,000 rand a month on facial products. You don't need to. Um, it's just really keeping it simple. Um, you know, um, from previous segments, um, my homemade masks that I love doing, um, and I still moisturize with coconut oil and cleanse my face with coconut oil. I'm a huge fan. Um, I mean, just obviously I wear an SPF every day. Um, my favorite is from Eucerin. Um, it's an SPF 50. It's, you know, obviously non-oily um, and it doesn't absorb the makeup, which most SPFs do. And then um, as far as makeup goes, um, I do use a primer on my skin. I like using um, illuminating primers, so something that reflects light, um, you know, on my skin. Foundations. I found a new favorite within the past like month. I've been wearing it now and it's from Catrice Cosmetics and it's called a new Matte, so it's um, you can sort of still see your skin through the foundation, but it's completely full coverage and matte, and the color is perfect. I struggle to find a good color for me, so I'm in love with the color. And then I get a lot of compliments um, for my eyebrows. Now, ladies, let me tell you something: these eyebrows, I wasn't born like this. Um, <laughs> they've been they've been molded and shaped into into this. Um, as you know, I have spoken about Botox on previous um, segments. I have had Botox done, um, and not to the extent that I can't move my face, but just to the extent to get them a little bit more symmetrical. Um, I do thread my eyebrows religiously. Um, I do tint my eyebrows. My The hair of my eyebrows are quite dark already, so I'm lucky in that sense, and I have had micro microblading done. Um, and then a huge favorite of mine is the Smashbox um uh, contouring pens. So it's three sets of pens that you get a highlighter, a contour with, and you literally, I just draw on my face every morning, blend it in and off I go. Um, and then just essential is to look after your eyelashes. Um, as much as we need to look after our skin, I do put castor oil on my eyelashes every night. Um, and I also use an eyelash um, primer before my mascara. Um, I'm a huge fan of eight hour cream, not today clearly, because my lips are very dry, <laughs> but <laughs> a huge um, fan of eight hour cream and that's available from Elizabeth Arden. Um, and I think it's really just, I, you know, once again, we're talking about branding and that I'm very specific in the way that I do makeup. 
Um, and I think just to, you know, if you like a certain look, stick with it. You don't need to change and follow trends. If something works for you, stick with it. Don't change. And that's all from me. I hope you had a wonderful time. You can follow me on social media at Moragstein. That's M-O-R-A-G-S-T-E-Y-N. Thank you. Have a wonderful week further. Wow. Thank you for that. Cool. School. Oh. Now, <laughs> I want to just go straight into um, Farai. Um, thank you for joining us on the show. Edgy, thank you for your echoes from New York. Always appreciated. Morag, thank, thank you for you. that glam up thing. You, you know, we're going to take some Ooh. tips out of there. Um, Farai, before we go straight into our who would you want to address, which will be like a second each, is like, what is your last parting shot? Because we can sit here all day and tomorrow too. Right. But I know that we all have to go. What is your parting shot for brands that are coming up? Brands that have been there maybe for 10 years and are still struggling with, you know, bits and pieces of how do you actually move ahead or how do you move forward? And so share with us your last tip uh, to the fashion industry at large and then how we can be in touch with you. I would say um, for brands, especially brands that are come, coming out of the continent and coming out of South Africa, is to tell your story. Don't just mm-hmm. put out a brand with just stuff. There's a lot of stuff out there in the world. You know, what is your purpose? Why have you created the brand? Because if you don't tell your story, if you don't tell the African narrative, somebody else is going to tell that narrative for you and you're going to be upset and it's not going to be what you want. So be sure that you tell your story and you're authentic and that you're transparent. So uh, those are my parting words. And I hope you guys take this advice because it's super important and it's what I've done and that's what I continue to do. And if you guys want to find me, I'm, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, um, under Farai Samoy at F-A-R-A-I. S-I-M-O-Y-I. And to find my brand, it's under at Love Farai, L-O-V-E-F-A-R-A-I. Thank you so much, Farai. Morag, straight into who would you want to dress? One second each, literally. I want to dress Farai <laughs> today. And why? Because I love your look and I just, I just want to like face beat your face and just dress you. you. I don't know what I'd want to dress you in yet. I haven't got quite there yet, but I'd love to just shoot you one day. I hope that we get that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. It's in the atmosphere. So I accept. Okay. Now, Varai, who would you want to dress and why? Um, okay. I want to dress Michelle Obama. Not now, Michelle Obama. I want to dress her post after she's like the POTUS, after she's not in the White House. Cause I feel like, there's so much fun that we can have. And I think she's going to be wearing like shoulder off the shoulder tops and like sexy little skirts. So yes, Michelle, I'm coming for you. Edgy, who would you want to dress and why? I want to dress my friend who is visiting from Nigeria. I want to put him in skinnies because I know they will scare him. (laughs) (laughs) Now I today want to dress a very good friend of mine. Her name is Bridget Edwards and she's an author of a book called Stress Gone which if you don't have an hour for you, you need to find it all. But I want to dress her and give her, I've known her, she says, she calls herself a farm girl. And I want to bring the glam squad, the Liz O glam squad into her life, really glam her up because she's a beautiful woman. I mean, I won't even tell you her age. She looks beautiful. She's got a beautiful soul. Everything's just shining and glowing through her. But guys, thank you for listening. We are on fashionlabafrica.com. Uh, reach out to us, connect with us after we can have all of these conversations, peace and love, and just be careful about where your brand, where you're taking your brand to, because it's all about you and where you're, it doesn't just arrive. Mm. So take it to the right place in the right way. Peace and love. Cliff Central. I've got something important to tell you. Cliffcentral.com.